How often have you heard, it's not you, it's me? Well, in my case, quite a bit. Usually over appetizers in a crowded Italian restaurant. Sometimes a relationship between two parties just isn't the right fit. But how can you make the breakup process as painless as possible? Well, today we're in luck because we're talking about employee terminations. Strap in. Let's hear all about the topic that no one wants to talk about. Hmm. Except for us, that is. I'm Jeff Livingston, and this is ADP Canada's Insights at Work podcast. Let's dive in. This is the podcast that looks at what's happening in the HR world, takes your questions, and studies the research to help HR experts move forward. It's prepared by HR experts for HR experts. Today we're talking about a sensitive subject, but one very necessary in ensuring harmony within the workplace. It's an activity that's usually pretty infrequent and one that presents so many pitfalls to avoid. Helping us navigate around those pitfalls is Director of HR with ADP Canada, Laura Strickler. Welcome to the podcast, Laura. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to be here. I know that as HR professionals, we'd all rather be thinking about hiring than firing. But sometimes terminating an employee has to be done for the betterment of the business and for those who work there. To make the matter even more difficult, the way in which we terminate an employee can have huge legal and PR ramifications down the road. That's where today's sensitive topic becomes so relevant and your expertise comes in. Laura, what's your approach to employee terminations? Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, I'll start by saying my philosophy um, to employee terminations um, is about being direct, but also compassionate. Look, nobody likes termination. It's a pretty dreaded event, regardless of the reason the relationship didn't work. So it's really important to respect the individual uh, impacted and treat them with dignity. So the, and I should note, the examples and insights that we're going to talk about today are really based on a scenario when we've tried everything possible to keep the employee, but it's just not working out. Um, So for example, we probably went through coaching, um, talked about improvement, um, even had a performance improvement plan and maybe some warnings, but we just didn't see that improvement. And in the end of the day, it's, it's just not a fit with the organization and have to make this difficult decision. It's also worth noting that there may be other reasons uh, that terminations may happen. It could be the outcome of restructuring, uh, selling a business, or any significant organizational change. And there could also be reasons to terminate based on an event or a negative action from an employee. Hopefully these are infrequent, but the reality is uh, that they do happen. So a lot of what we discussed today would probably apply to these situations, um, but what you've mentioned Uh, Previously, so far, um, the bent of this conversation is likely sort of more towards uh, terminations of individuals due to performance and fit. I think that's a great point to make, Laura. 
Today we're talking about what happens after the decision has been made to terminate an employee. It seems like this is the area where it's easy to have a misstep or create a misunderstanding between the employer and the former employee. This is not the time for one of your managers to go rogue. Laura, after you've decided to make the termination, what are some important items you take into account? Yeah, so I would say first and foremost, plan your employee termination prior, you know, long before you really need it. Um, with a plan in place, you won't have to scramble to make sure things are done appropriately, legally, safely. Those are all important aspects, so best plan. And also a really important thing I try to keep in mind is um, evaluating whether it's a high-risk termination. This is important because it'll influence how you approach the termination process. So you may ask around high-risk terminations. So um, it's really important to assess that. So what I mean by high-risk terminations, employees um, who may have a claim for discrimination or reprisal in addition to whatever they are owed for being dismissed. Um, And so it's important to keep that in mind. So maybe some examples are, you know, somebody returning from leave, maybe a maternity leave or disability. Uh, Maybe an employee has filed a a complaint of some sort for mistreatment or discrimination. And so they feel like their termination may be connected to that other event when it it truly may not have um, have any relation, but they they try to make that connection. So what I'd say is documentation is the key to that. And I always ask managers, uh, encourage managers to keep as many notes as possible around why the termination uh, takes place, how it led up to that, any coaching sessions, just really the reasons behind um, behind the termination so it's not connected to any of those other, other reasons an employee may claim. Laura, it sounds like there's a lot of discussion and planning on when to let someone go. Some experts say to conduct the termination meeting on a late Friday afternoon since it creates the minimum amount of disruption with staff. Others say that early in the day, early in the week, encourages the employee to get right to work on finding another job and reduces the chances that he or she will spend the weekend brooding or worse, plotting revenge. What's your thought on when and where to hold the termination meeting? Yeah, so really important to think through this. So let's start with location. So it's important to choose a location for the meeting, the termination meeting, carefully. You'll want one that's private. You'll want one that um, could even allow the terminated employee to exit without embarrassment or facing others if they don't if they don't want that. Um, You may want to also choose a neutral location. So uh, an office may not be a great idea, but rather a meeting room. So you want to think about all those different aspects on where best to hold the meeting. Um, And then timing, you mentioned timing. So um, yeah, you wanna be sensitive um, to to when it's taking place. So let's talk about actual dates. So um, I try to avoid, work very carefully with my team to avoid um, any big big events, say a person's birthday or a work anniversary. Um, Also holidays and vacations, best to try to work around those as well. In terms of day of the week, um, yeah, it's out there to generally avoid Fridays. Um, and for this reason, if an employee is terminated on a, on a Friday, it may prevent them from being able to maybe obtain legal advice or talk to the people they need to because all of a sudden uh, they're landed in a weekend. 
Um, and it may leave them sort of stewing about this all weekend, and it could sort of escalate anger around the issue. Um, so for a lot of reasons, Friday can come with some risks, although sometimes we can't avoid it altogether. But where you can, uh, you may want to. And then in terms of time during the day, um, you really want to avoid um, anything, um, you know, where it's peak times or there's a lot of people roaming around the building or, so for example, lunchtime with a lot of people coming and going. I really try to avoid those times. Some people really like um, to have termination meetings. Um, or choose to have termination meetings at the end of a workday, maybe because less people are around and it's sort of easier to exit the person out of the building. I mean, in the end, every situation is different and you have to sort of look at the variables, but those are some things to, to keep in mind. Um, and then once uh, you've organized the location uh, and the timing, you'll need to find a way to um, either schedule the person or, or get them into the meeting, the person that, that's going to be impacted. Um, so typically, um, where I've been involved, we've scheduled it with the employee, um, usually fairly last minute because we don't want the employees stewing around why am I being called in this meeting, what's happening, they don't want, to, we don't want them going to their manager and questioning the manager about it. So it's usually a bit of a last minute invite, or we've used uh, established, say, a person, uh, manager and employee have a one-on-one -on -one meeting scheduled, we've, we've leveraged meetings that already exist. And then in some situations, it's just not possible to do that. So we have, um, we've had the manager sort of swing by the employee's desk and just ask them to come with them. We have to have a quick conversation and then uh, we're able to get the employee into, into the meeting room. Um, so all, all different ways to do it, all depends on the situation, but some things to keep in mind. The old adage was to never terminate an employee over the phone or via email. Now, with today's current remote work environment, how has this approach and philosophy changed? Yeah, it's a great point, Jeff. Um, I actually just recently read a Statistics Canada uh, data point that said previously about 10% of uh, Canada's workforce was working from home, and that's actually jumped to 40% in the midst of COVID. So times have changed for many. So we have to adapt to that new reality for those of us who aren't working in an office. Um, but my recommendation, it's a big recommendation, is, is if you can't have the meeting in person, that you have it by phone or video. Um, a live meeting is really what's key. It's really important to make sure that you have the person live, they receive the message, and also allows um, us to manage the messaging and the reaction of the individual. So if they're reading it by email, you're not there, you have no idea what the reaction is, versus in person, you can help manage that situation. Now, Laura, which employees should be present in the meeting? Yeah, in my experience, um, the manager typically attends uh, the meeting. It's really important that they are the ones delivering the message. Um, it's usually a short and clear message, but uh, typically the manager delivers that. And then you'll want an additional person with the manager. Um, often this is HR because they, they sort of know how to work through a termination meeting and the process. Um, if need be, it could be another manager in the room but important to have somebody with the direct manager helping manage the, the meeting. Those are all really super, super tips. So Laura, we've chatted about when and where to hold the termination meeting. We've also talked about who should be present at the termination meeting. Let's talk about what to say and more importantly, what not to say during the termination meeting. 
Yeah, that's a good one. Um, so I'd first say um, take it step by step. Um, a bungled termination often results if you're rushed in or you haven't had time to think through all the steps. Um, so a big thing I, I do with my uh, with the manager I'm working with is we write it down. We script it out um, and we make sure we stick to the script. Um, and I think it's key to recognize why you're there and what what you're up to. It's not a counseling session. It really is to deliver that direct and clear message um, that a decision has been made and the person uh, will be discharged, discharged from the organization. So on that note, I'd say, um, you know, the first tip is get right to the point. Um, you, you, you typically you skip the small talk and you just get right into the termination meeting. So, for example, I've scripted a manager to say something to, to the extent of, hello, John, please come in, sit down. I've got some really difficult news to share with you. So by starting with that difficult news, you, you catch that individual's attention. They know it's a serious meeting and you sort of tee up the next part of the message. So that next part of the message is, you know, you got to break the bad news. And again, you want to do this uh, in the most clear, concise way. You want to state the reasons for termination, not going into a long, long uh, description, couple sentences. Um, to let the person directly know uh, that they they are terminated from the organization. Um, so, for example, um, you could say something like, as you know, Laura, we've talked several times about quality problems in your unit last month. Uh, last month's report indicate that we have not made the progress we need to. And we've decided that a change must be made. And as of today, your employment has been terminated. So just really um, to the point, again, uh, compassionate, uh, giving description, being respectful, but making sure that a key message is delivered. I, I often say to managers, don't say things like, I understand how you feel, because frankly, we don't understand how that person is feeling. And we have to be careful about projecting our own emotions on them. Um, I also don't like justifications. Um, you know, a manager saying something like, you should have known this is coming. This shouldn't be a surprise. That's not going to be helpful in that um, situation because, again, each person is different and they, they may react differently to it. Um, again, I mentioned don't engage in debate. It isn't a long conversation. A decision has been made. And sometimes I have to say that a couple times um, to really make sure the person is getting the message and that a decision has been made. There's no debate anymore. Um, keeping a box of Kleenex uh, or tissues, you never know how somebody's re going to react. Tears may be part of it, and that's okay. Um, it, there usually is emotional reaction of some sort. So I just want to be ready, again, show that compassion to the person. Um, and then I try not to rush through the conversation. Uh, allow some time for the person to absorb the information, um, but also keep the meeting moving along. Um, so it's striking that balance between giving some space to the person, but also keeping things going. You may, in, in certain situations, um, and often, listen to what the employee has to say. Again, not debating, but hearing the employee out, making sure they're, they're understanding the message. Uh, and they will have a reaction. Everybody has a reaction to this. So, you know, common reactions, shock, denial, anger, even grief. A uh, person's lost their job, and, and um, they will have a reaction to this. So oftentimes, if you listen to the employee, give them a little bit of space to um, say some things, you'll understand what they're experiencing and you'll be able to sort of customize your response uh, to their reaction, how they're taking that news. 
Um, something else to keep in mind um, is you you will want to cover off sort of the essential messaging. Um, oftentimes, this is captured in you know a termination agreement or a letter. So there could be pieces around you know pay, benefits, unused vacation time. Um, so you want to sort of create some highlights for for an individual. Let them know what's happening, um, and uh, and then wrapping it up graciously. I always counsel managers to say thank you, thank you for your service, uh, appreciate all your contributions, trying to, as difficult as a meeting, as the meeting is, um, ending it on, you know, as good of a note as, as we can. Um, yeah, all these things are popping into my mind. So a couple more thoughts I have is, um, you know, you wanna, if you have that termination letter, which hopefully you do, um, you'll wanna review that, walk through those details. Uh, so you, you highlight those essentials. Um, I always encourage the individual to take that letter home and review it. I don't want somebody to respond on the spot. I want them to make sure they understand um, what they're accepting and what they're signing. Um, organizational property is something else. You want to make sure you collect back whatever belongs to the organization. That's typically laptops or a security badge. It could be a credit card, uh, keys, um, things like that. That's really important to make those arrangements on how to get those back. And then explain the next step. Most people have never been through something like this. So I, I try to really make sure I'm almost uh, walking them through, okay, here's what we're going to do next. Here's what we're going to do next to reassure them that, um, that you're helping them through this process. And then really important, making sure they get home safely. Um, you never want somebody to get behind the wheel of a car, drive home if they're not okay, because sometimes there is that big emotional reaction. So I try to, um, uh, I work with the individual and ask them, are they okay to drive home? And if they're not, there have been situations where I've called a taxi, the organization has absorbed that expense because it's really important that we make sure somebody gets home safely. Laura, you bring up so many great points. And one thing that really stood out to me is how you use the term, your termination, not you will be terminated. Why are you making that distinction with the former employee? Yeah, it's a great question. You really want to drive home that a decision has been made, that it isn't a debate. It isn't about discussing this, that this has taken place and that, you know, this right now, this meeting is about moving forward from there. Um, again, no debating. You just want to send that clear, direct message. Laura, you mentioned walking the employee out and providing cab fare. What if they want to return to the office? What if they want to grab their personal belongings or maybe even say a word or two to their now former coworkers? Yeah, this is a good one. It comes up often. Um, and um, I, I think it's very important to allow the employee to leave with dignity. But it also, um, we have to read how the person is responding to the situation and their reaction to it. So there's really two options in this. The first one is the individual leaves after the meeting. They don't return to their desk. Um, what I do in this situation, I'll, I'll ask the individual and uh, I'll specifically ask the individual, what do you need to leave here today? And then I'll work with somebody to retrieve those items from their desk, be it their wallet, their purse, um, you know, their lunch bag, whatever they feel like they need at that moment. And we'll get those items to them and then help them exit the building. Um, and this really minimizes any disruption. You have to think about coworkers, especially if somebody is, you know, their desk is in a location with a lot of people around. They may not want to go to their desk and have to answer questions. And on the flip side, 
it actually may create a lot of anxiety or even nervousness from their coworkers seeing, oh, this person's pecking at their desk and just leaving. So you do have to think through that um, in, in terms of, you know, the decision. So it may not be the right thing for the person to go back to their desk. But alternatively, if the person seems to be managing the news okay um, and you feel comfortable, you could let them return to their desk and gather their belongings and and say goodbye. Um, you know, as a as an organization, you want to make sure that um, you know they can't leave with any confidential company information or documents, um, and that they won't be creating too much anxiety around coworkers. So you'll just need to assess each situation to make the decision on uh, whether to let them return or not. If they don't return. We um, definitely work with um, the person to pack up their desk and make sure they get their personal belongings. That's really important. So regardless of whether they return to their desk or not, we'll make sure they get back the items that belong to them. Laura, now that most of us are working from home, when a termination does happen, there's bound to be a ton of items like printers or routers or company phones or laptops that are going to now be needed to be returned to the workplace. What's the most effective manner in which to have that company property returned? So yeah, with remote working uh, now being commonplace, we have to be more diligent in having company property returned to the office. So um, as, as meetings take place, um, hopefully you can tee up an IT department or an office manager to revoke um, computer um, uh, server access. For the individual, you just don't want them to have access to their email or uh, certainly confidential files or anything like that. So that's an important step of the process. Um, and then you should have the employee, certainly if they're in person, you can collect it on the spot, turn over any you know, keys, uh, laptops, uh, all those items you said, Jeff. Um, if they don't have the equipment with them, you could make arrangements um, to get that back from them. Or if they're off-site, uh, you can also make arrangements. So. Um, we've made arrangements where somebody can bring the items by and give them to our security desk. Um, again, if you feel comfortable with having that uh, employee be able to come back on site and drop off those items. Um, or alternatively, uh, we've arranged for a courier to go pick up those items uh, from an employee and collect them back. So again, really important to get the items. Sometimes you have to be a bit creative about uh, getting them, um, but it is important to collect them back. And I'd suggest, um, requiring company property returned before you issue a final paycheck just so you can you can make sure those that company property is returned um, and it's not forgotten again laura so many great tips we've chatted about what to say and what not to say during the termination meeting what tips do you have to give about the terminology that one would include in the termination letter itself yeah, so um, what I'd start by saying is when you issue a termina termination letter, it may seem obvious, but be sure to keep a copy for your files. You may need to refer to it later on if anything comes up. But mostly I would recommend a legally vetted letter because you're formally ending a legal contract, an arrangement between uh, the organization and the employee. So you want to make sure this letter covers off all those important aspects and complies with local law. Now, the language you use should always be professional and focused at the task at hand, um, but good to have that legally vetted to make sure you're covered. A couple things to think about, I mean, uh, in, that would be included in that letter. Um, it seems obvious, but clearly the person's name needs to be um, in there as well as their employee information, certainly employer, uh, you know, on letterhead from, from the employer. 
dates are going to be really key, um, especially um, articulating that final day of work is really important to have on that letter. Um, we mentioned it before, but you could incorporate in the letter uh, the receipt of company property and making sure it's really clear the terms of when, when you need to get that, that back or what, it, what needs to be included. Um, certainly, if an employee is entitled to severance package um, or unused benefits or maybe uh, other compensation, you'll want to include this. Any of those financial pieces needs to be very clearly articulated in the letter. Um, important to include uh, contacts. So in case they have questions, in case something comes up, you want to uh, include contact information of who to reach out to in case there, there are questions. Um, we mentioned it before, but final paycheck, that'll be really important to the employee. So including details about uh, when they will receive their last paycheck, how they'll get that deposit, that will be really important to include as well. Laura, let's address the old office water cooler. The announcement of an employee termination, it's a lot like walking a tightrope. It can be difficult to find just that right balance between not saying enough and saying too much. What's the best approach to communicating a termination to the rest of the workplace? You may be tempted not to say anything. Um, take an out of sight, out of mind approach. It may have been a difficult meeting. You just want to move on. But it's, it's really important that you manage the communication after the fact, um, notably because gossip spreads quite a bit and you won't be able to control that. Um, and it's important um, to maintain that trust in the employer um, you know, management relationship, um, you know, the employer and the employee with others who, you know, may be concerned about their, their own roles. So um, what I'd say is the key is um, you need to communicate to the people who need to know uh, that the person is no longer in the organization. Um, keep it as a simple delivery and, you know, uh, make sure you um, are consistent with policies that you have. Um, I often say the best way to approach it, especially if you're talking to sort of an immediate team, um, is to share only the facts and keep it very basic. So, for example, um, I need to let you know that Laura is no longer uh, part of the organization or Laura no longer works here. Um, our transition plan is Jeff is going to take over for Laura in the interim. And if you have any questions, please let me know. We wish Laura all the best. So the key is, especially if you're delivering this live, it's about being, um, you know, a calm voice um, and uh, mitigating any fears. Um, you never use the fire or terminate word. Um, it's That is so critically important. Um, it's really about in, uh, protecting the person's privacy. Um, you know, this could even go as far as having legal consequences. Um, so it's really important that you don't talk about why the termination took place um, and just say the person is no longer with the organization. Um, I also encourage you to think about the timing and how to communicate that the person has left the organization. Um, don't rush into this kind of announcement. You want to take a deep breath. You want to take a minute and compose yourself before you're in front of, uh, before leaders in front of people. Um, but you really want to do it relatively soon after the exit uh, to avoid rumors and again, so you can manage uh, that messaging. Um, how you go about uh, communicating this out probably depends on the number of people you need to tell or the size of the organization. Um, so if it's an immediate team, you may be able to get them live and, and let people know that way. 
or you may have to go to email if it's a larger group um, that needs to be informed about the person no longer being in the organization. But again, same principles apply, um, short to the point, um, not sharing anything more than you need to, just letting people know the person's no longer with the organization and that transition plan. Well, on that note, Laura, let's transition on out of here. If there's been one theme that's been consistent throughout this podcast, it's been to act with compassion and allow for the employee's graceful exit. And I couldn't think of a more suitable time for us to make a graceful exit. Laura Strickler, thanks again for joining us today. That's great, Jeff. Thanks for having me. It's been it's been great. Well, with what you shared today, Laura, I think that we're all a little better off to deliver or coach a colleague in conducting an effective and compassionate employee termination meeting. This is the part of the podcast where I thank everyone for listening in. I know it's tough to find time to carve out for thought leadership, and I appreciate you, the listener, for making the time for us. On our next episode, we'll be talking with another HR expert about today's most important HR issues. I'm Jeff Livingston, alongside ADP's very own Laura Strickler. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, and please be kind. We'll see you soon on our next episode of ADP Canada's Insights at Work.